Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Luke chapter 4, verse, starting with verse 14. This is at the beginning of the three and a half years of earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And it was handed to him the book or the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So specific place. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor, he, had, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue was fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today, this scripture or this prophecy... Is fulfilled in your hearing. So what he's saying is, I'm the fulfillment of this prophecy. So all who bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth, and they said, is this not Joseph's son? There you go. That was the problem. See, Nazareth, where he had been brought up, they were familiar with him in the natural, in the, in the flesh. And he said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself, Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But none of them, which is the widow woman we read in Zarephath this morning, but none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the type of time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. So it's like a slap in the face of the Jews because what he's saying is all these non-Jewish people, Gentiles, who didn't even have a covenant, got miracles, got healings, but the, the Jews didn't because of their unbelief. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up. So they were, I mean, they weren't just offended. They were so offended, they wanted to literally kill him. <laughs> I haven't preached a message that caused this yet. So maybe I, I'm backslidden. I don't know. Because they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built that they might throw him down the cliff. Maybe take me to the beach and drown me in the ocean. I don't know. Anyways, then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. But I want you to go back to 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Amen. So the anointing is 
the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that anoints. And the word anoint means really to smear or rub oil or pour oil. So the Holy Spirit will anoint you. And then if you notice, to preach, to heal, to proclaim, to set at liberty, to proclaim. So these are all action. These are all action verbs. It's all action words. So the anointing comes to mobilize you. The anointing is not just something we have in church just to feel good. Oh man, the anointing came. We had a wonderful service and we had a wonderful time in church. That's great. We should have a wonderful time in church. But the anointing comes for a purpose. And the purpose of the anointing is to mobilize you. To do what God's called you to do. To move into your assignment. To be able to fulfill your assignment. So you will not be able to fulfill your God-given assignment and the God-given vision for your life. Because we're talking about this, the year of walking in vision. You are going to need the anointing to walk in vision. See, you don't need the anointing to walk by sight because it's flesh. And he's standing there telling them, today this prophecy is fulfilled. And they said, wait a minute, is this not Joseph's son? By sight, they could not see the anointing. They could not receive from the anointing. And because they were walking by sight, they were offended. And probably, I mean, people who are going to walk by sight this year are going to be offended by those who walk by vision. It's inevitable because if there's going to be a separation, that means there's going to be an offense. Come on, somebody. So, and the vision that God gives you for you to walk in is going to offend some people that don't have eyes to see. Don't focus on that. They're going to want to take you and throw you off of a cliff. Amen. I mean, some of the old-time preachers back in the Great Awakening days, they tarred and feathered them. John Wesley says he went to a, a, a town in England to preach. They took him and threw him in the river. The, the frozen river. Left him. To, they expect that he would freeze to death. Amen. Look at what they did to Jesus. Look at what they did to the apostles. Peter was crucified upside down. He said, I'm not worthy to be crucified right side up. So crucify me upside down. Hallelujah. Amen. So there's always going to be an offense to the anointing. As soon as he sees talking about the anointing, there's an offense to it. The religious and the carnal will be offended by the anointing. But you cannot focus on that. Look at what happened on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, you know, the power of God came. Mighty rushing wind, the cloven tongues of fire. It was noise abroad. They went outside. People seeing these people. They said, these men are drunk. And Peter says, you know, these are not drunk as you suppose. Well, they were drunk. They looked drunk. To the sight. See, to the sight, they looked drunk. Well, how does someone look drunk? To the side. Pick, pick her up. Let's see how somebody might look drunk. To the sight. Pick her up, turn her around. Turn, turn her around. I mean, this, this, this looks, this looks like a drunken person. Now 
Man, what do you, what, what do you, what, what are you feeding those people over there? What do you put, what do you put in the water? I don't know. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. She's drunk, but not as you suppose. It's all right. These are drunk. And Peter's like, no, they're not drunk as you suppose. He didn't say they're not drunk. He said they are drunk, but not as you suppose. So it's obvious people saw them. People marvel saying, what, mean, what means this? What does it mean? What meaneth this? And then some mocked. Some mocked. But then when Peter was done preaching, some said, what must we do to be saved? And 3,000 were saved that day. So, I mean, there's always going to be mockers. There's always going to be skeptics. There's always going to be critics. But then there's always going to be somebody whose life's going to be touched. So you have to focus on the ones, the 3,000. We're not told how many thousands mocked. God, their numbers don't matter. God doesn't even want to remember their numbers. I don't even know how many mocked. I don't even know how many criticized. I don't even know how many were offended. And if they could, they probably could, would take me by a cliff. And the same with you. So when you carry the anointing, there's an assignment on your life. You have been appointed to do a work for the kingdom, to occupy till he comes. Amen. Occupy means to conduct your business, kingdom business. Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. I only do what the father tells me. I only do what I hear the father tell me to do. So your, your assignment will come. Amen. From heaven. What God commands you to do. And it's not a suggestion. It's an order. That comes from the highest authority in heaven and earth. It's like Paul said, woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. On that November 12, 1995. I was called into the ministry and I was commanded by the Lord Jesus. Woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. That's why I will not let anything or anyone take me out of my assignment. I couldn't care less what they say. I, don't, I couldn't care less what they think. It's because it doesn't depend on them. It depends on me. I will not be disobedient to the calling, the heavenly calling, the high call of God. Forgetting those things that lie behind, I press forward into the high call of God. You're going to have to shut the door behind you. Hallelujah. You're going to have to shut the door behind you. There can be many places and many people. You might have to shake the dust off of your feet in some places and go to the next one. You might have to come on somebody. If they don't receive you, Jesus says, shake the the dust off of your feet and move on. If they receive you, then you will leave your peace. Hallelujah.
So there's a heavenly assignment on your life. Come on, say this after me. There's a heavenly assignment for my life. I have been commanded by the commander-in-chief of heaven, the kingdom of God. I have been ordered on assignment to do his bidding. I don't belong to myself. I belong to him. I've been purchased. He paid the price. He redeemed me. I belong to him. Hallelujah. So whatever you've been appointed to do, once you see people like, how do I get anointed? You answer the call. You answer the call. That's how you get anointed. You've been appointed, and when you answer the call, then whom he appoints, he anoints. Because the anointing is the supernatural equipment, the grace, the empowerment to get the job done. To fulfill your assignment. You, you have to have the anointing. Without the anointing, you cannot fulfill your assignment. If you think you can fulfill whatever assignment you think you have, you can fulfill it in your natural strength, it's not God's calling. God's calling is going to require you to consecrate, to press in, to sell out all the way, to go all the way in and to receive the anointing and to protect the anointing. It's one thing to be anointed. It's another thing to stay anointed. So the same price you pay to get anointed is the same price and even higher to keep paying to stay anointed. And along the way, there'll be many opportunities to be sidetracked, to be distracted, to be offended, to be influenced by the wrong voices in your life. You have to stay the course. Focus is the key. Bible says Jesus made his face like flint. Like, I mean, he was immovable. He knew exactly what he was called to do and he focused on it and everything else was just whatever. And there are many voices in this world. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, there are many voices. But there's only one, there's only one voice that you need to hear. And listen to that's the voice of the Lord. And those who speak by the unction of the Holy Ghost. Be careful what you heed. It's not just what you hear, but what you heed, pay attention to. And so the anointing comes for the assignment. Spirit of God will come upon you to anoint you. Amen. Because the anointing is the manifest presence of God. So they'll see when you carry the anointing, there'll be a manifestation of the presence of God on your life. People will pick up on it. People will sense it. People will see it. They won't understand it sometimes and they will, well, something's different about you. Smith Wigglesworth walked onto a train. He was just walking down the aisle. There were two Catholic priests sitting. They'd already been seated. He walked by them, went and 
got to his seat. A few minutes later, the Catholic priest came and fell at, their fe- fell at his feet, bowed at his feet. He goes, who are you? You convicted us. <laughs> I was on an airplane so jet-lagged. Couldn't wait to get home. Had been done a week of meetings, tired. I mean, I've, I've, I didn't feel anointed. <laughs> Turbulence. Crying babies, snoring people, farting people. Seriously, the guy kept passing gas. It was nasty. You have no place to go. You're stuck in your seat. It's not like you can open the window and let in some fresh air, you know. Miserable. I'm sitting there. The stewardess keeps coming and she keeps, she spilled the water, she dropped it. She's like, I don't know what, every time I come around you, because I can't function. Immediately I realized, when she said I can't function, I realized the anointing. I didn't feel anointed. She felt it. She said, who are you? I said, I'm a preacher. I'm a revivalist. She goes, you don't look like a preacher. I said, thank you. I ended up leading her to the Lord. And she said she was backslidden. She'd been away and she rededicated her life. And she asked me to pray for her family. I held her hands, prayed. The power got here. She's weeping. On the airplane. I did not feel anointed. I was very grouchy. I wanted to go slap that guy and, and, and stick a cork, cork up his behind. Airplane food will do that to you, I guess. And whatever he had at the airport that he paid $60 for. <laughs> uh, she's laughing because she knows exactly what I'm talking about. Stewardess, right here. I mean, you know, I'm, you know, it, it's pretty wild. Hallelujah. <laughs> Good thing that it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter how you feel because this anointing abides in you. Yeah. Hallelujah. And then you walk into places and the anointing on you will stir up devils. Other spirits will begin to manifest and you wonder, why is this person being so mean to me? And you'll be like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not me. It's the spirit in them reacting to the spirit in me. Hallelujah. You turn the lights on, the rats and the cockroaches start running. To some you'll be the smell of life, to some the smell of death. Hallelujah. The anointing is the grace of God. The grace of God has been cheapened. We live in a time of cheap grace. Greasy grace, the hyper grace message. Doesn't matter what you do, how you live, God loves you, you know, whatever, all that. He tolerates every lifestyle, whatever your 
gender out of 57. You pick and choose for yourself. There's grace and all this. And if we don't have it in the 57, we'll create number 58 for you, whatever you want it to be. Or you want to identify as a cat. There's a 60-year-old man who identifies as a five-year-old girl sucking, suck, uh, playing with toys, dressed in pink. Yeah. Crazy. People have lost their minds. There's a guy who identifies as a lizard. He's gone through like a hundred different surgeries, uh, plastic surgery. He looks just, I mean, the demon in him is now totally fully manifesting on the outside. I mean, you know, don't even look human shape-shifting into the image of the Spirit on being changed from wickedness to wickedness into the very image of the devil that's in him. But we're coming into a time where there's people are so oppressed and they're going to manifest. The anointing on you is going to cause things to manifest, but God's going to use you to set many people free, many captives free. Some will run from you, some will run to you. The anointing is the grace of God. The gr grace is not just a great cover-up. It's the great empowerment to live a victorious life. The anointing is, is the gift of God. And so the anointing will gift you. There will be supernatural gifts that will operate in your life. The gifts of the Spirit. The nine gifts of the Spirit will, will operate and manifest in your life. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, the three revelation gifts. These are the gifts that reveal something. And then the three power gifts, the gift of faith, the gifts, gifts of healings, and then the gifts of working miracles. The power gifts, the gifts that do something powerful, manifest power. And then the gifts of utterance, the gifts that say something. Prophecy. Diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. So these nine gifts of the Spirit will operate in your life. Then there's other gifts that will operate. There's, uh, or, or there's other anointing. There's an anointing to preach. Then there's an anointing to teach. It's different. I had been a preacher until we started the church in Istanbul, Turkey. And then I, 2000, January 2000, we started the Bible school, the River Bible Institute. Some of you all met Pastor Godville here a couple of months ago. He was one of my... First students, he was a charter class, and so it was my dad actually. But uh, you know, the, the church was meeting in hotel, and I we were growing, exploding, and I knew that you know we had to have the Bible school. So I told him we're going to start a Bible school, and we started in our living room. Two thousand January, it was a tiny little living room, and then I started with thirty-six students. They all came in and like sardines in a can because we had a 75 square meter apartment, two bedroom apartment. So you can imagine 75 times nine. What is that? Just under 800 square feet, 700 square feet apartment. And I packed all those people. And then I had, I had two cardboard boxes. I took them, I put them on top of each other, I put a white bed sheet over it and opened my notes. And guess what the first class I taught was the anointing. The anointing. So I opened my notes. I'm going to start to teach. And then all of a sudden, I felt like something came on me and it was different. I knew it was different. 
then I, I realized it was the anointing to teach. I'd never been a teacher of the word till that time. You know, I did discipleship, things like that, but mainly I'd been a preacher, preaching like an evangelist. And then that day I felt the anointing came on me to teach. And I knew it was, it was different. And then things were flowing out of me. I felt like I need to sit and take notes because it wasn't me. It was the gift. It was the gift, the anointing. It was the anointing to teach. So there's an anointing to prophesy. One man said, well, I don't even wait for the anointing. I just prophesy anyhow. No wonder with all the junk coming out of your mouth, we can tell. There's an anointing to prophesy. There's an anointing to sing. You can sing without the anointing. You can sing with the anointing. When you sing with the anointing, the, 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 your voice will carry the anointing and people, the presence of God will be ushered in. That's why you have to be a, a pure vessel. There's an anointing to preach. There's an anointing to teach. There's an anointing to do business. Hallelujah. And when you are going to do a kingdom business, then there'll be an anointing on you to do a kingdom business. Now, if you're not interested in a kingdom business, you don't need the anointing. You can go do it the world's way, lie, cheat, steal, false weights, balances, whatever you do, but that's not going to be of God. And you might even make a lot of money, but you'll go to hell. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but to lose his soul? But if you're going to conduct a kingdom business, then there's an anointing for it. God will anoint you to do business. God will anoint your hands. Amen. God will anoint you, your hands to create, to paint, to sew, to work with engines. I mean, whatever. Amen. Hallelujah. God will anoint you to be a problem solver. When you solve problems, man, you'll be in demand. Hallelujah. God will anoint you with leadership. God will anoint you with wisdom. There's a lot of different anointings, but you, you have to make room for the anointing. So what we need to understand here in the church world is the anointing is not just so that we can come and, you know, have a great time in church, be touched, be on the floor. But then when you get up and you go out there, you carry the anointing with you 24-7 on a Monday and a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all these times. Hallelujah. You carry the anointing. Hallelujah. And so you have to understand the anointing does not make you weird. There's a lot of people out there that think, they, that think the anointing wakes, makes them weird. No, the anointing does not make you weird. The anointing makes you real. Hallelujah. The, the anointing makes you more powerful, more effective. Ability, efficiency, and might. The anointing will make you more able, more efficient, more effective, more mighty, more powerful. Doesn't make you weird. Amen. Hallelujah. We've had people come to soul winning and we train him. We give him the tool. I don't need that tool. I know how to do it. And they go out there and they, they don't know what to do. They start with Adam end up with Moses, go to the book of Revelation, the dragon, end up in the book of Lamentations, and, and nobody gets saved. Or they go out there and they're like, 
<laughs> in front of everybody, and then people run away from him. Well, the, the anointing. No, not the anointing. Well, I was jerking. No, you're just a jerk. I do prophetic evangelism. And then, then nobody gets saved. They pray all day, and somehow they get a word. There's a guy with a red hat. And they go around the whole city looking for a guy in a red hat to give him a, a prophetic word. And they don't even preach the gospel. Treasure hunting. What are you talking about, treasure hunting? Where is that in the Bible? And then the, the, the other group that go around preaching the law, beat the people up on the head with the law. Have you ever told a lie? Yes. You're a liar. Have you ever looked at a woman to lust? Yes. You're an adulterer. So by your own confession, you're a lying adulteress. You're going to go and burn in the lake of fire. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and then they wonder why they get punched in the mouth. That's not preaching the gospel. And they call it the way of the master. That's not the way of the master. Jesus didn't pick up a stone and say, you're an adulterous woman. I'm going to be the first one to throw the stone. So people come up with all kinds of things. And then they wonder, see, and then they wonder why there's no anointing. When you preach the gospel, there's an anointing. That's why we, we go out there, we get results. We take kids out there, and they're reading from the script, and they, they get people saved. Why? Because the gospel is the power of God on the salvation. So when you preach the gospel, the anointing comes. And people get touched. People get convicted. Amen. The Holy Spirit does the work. We don't have to do the Holy Spirit's job. It's not our job to convict people. If you try to convict people, then you end up condemning them. You're a lying adulteress. What are you going to do about it? You better go home and repent. You're going to go to hell. That's not the gospel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where we came up with the gospel soul winning script was 1999, the summer of 99, Good News New York. Were you there, brother? Did you ever come to Good News New York, brother Mike? Oh, okay. Good news, New York. But then, you know, we were in New York City. Man, New York City, there's everything under the sun in New York City. And they have a lot of these street preachers in the subways and the, and the you know, street corners. They stand on things and they can, you're all sinners. You're going to hell. Repent, repent, turn or burn. You know, it's like, and they just preach. And then people just walk by them and cuss them out, you know, and they think they're preaching the gospel. And they think they're being persecuted for righteousness sake. No, you're being persecuted because you're being an idiot. But we go to people and say, hey, has anyone ever told you God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? All of a sudden, huh? It totally disarms them. You're coming in the love of God. And people start, how many of you seen? You asked the question, people started weeping. Come on, how many of you had that? You little went out, you, you asked just that question and they started weeping in the soul winning. Because the, the anointing flows, because the anointing flows from a place of love, not a place of hate or condemnation. So love, love is the motive. Love is, love is what releases the anointing. When you walk in love, 
You must love people. You must love people. You must have a love for people. You know. And as a pastor, I mean, we care for people. Sometimes we care for people more than they care for themselves. I care so much. I want them to do the right thing. I try so hard to get them to do the right thing to teach them. They get offended. But you know what? If they're going to get offended for me to try to show them the right way, then let it be so. If I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of the word of God. Because they're just getting offended with the word. Woe unto those who get offended for the word's sake. So sometimes people will not want to receive the word. But I know my, my motives are pure. And I get accused of, are you trying to manipulate me? No, I'm just trying to tell you what the Bible says. It's your decision at the end of the day. I don't make decisions for people. I, I, I show them what the word says. And then they have to make their own decisions. I want to make sure that when I stand before the Lord, that my conscience is clear that I've done what I needed to do. As a man of God, as a minister, I've told them what the word says. And guess what? Then when you stay on the side of the word, the anointing is always going to be on your life. Always be on God's side. Hallelujah. Because if you're against God, you're anti-anointing, anti-Christ. So stay on God's side. The anointing is the gift. The anointing is like electricity in the natural versus the anointing in the supernatural. Electricity needs a conductor. So you're either a conductor or a resistor. I don't know. Circuit theory 101. And there's capacitors. They hold, they hold the electricity and release it at the right time. So hold, hold that because there's a time when you're going to release it and somebody's going to get touched. Hallelujah. Then there's insulation that's needed. Usually some kind of plastic or rubber that you wrap around the live wire because you can't touch the live wire. But... But don't be an insulator. Don't be a plastic Christian. And gold is the best conductor. But usually copper is used because it's cheaper. But be golden. Have a heart of gold. If you have a heart of gold, you're going to carry the anointing. And you always have to obey the golden rule. Do unto other, others as you would have them do unto you. That is the golden rule. Don't do anything to anyone you wouldn't want done to you. And that's, that's how you carry the anointing. You have a heart of gold and you obey the golden rule. Always be a good neighbor. Walk in love. Keep your heart right. Serve God with passion. Do what's right. Because the anointing always comes to back up the word. The anointing doesn't come because you, of your opinion. So when you truly honor God's word, the anointing will be on your life. 
And the moment you get outside of the word, the boundaries of the word, then you're in danger of losing the anointing. Stay within the boundaries of the word of God. The word of God sets boundaries, healthy boundaries. And some people just love pushing the boundaries. Even people in ministry, they feel like the word of God is like limits them. No, we want to go further than the word. What are you talking about? And then they'll give you things and they'll say, what is that in the word? No, no, no. We've gone beyond the word, brother. We got, we got special revelation now. And they're always looking for some unique niche revelation so they can write a book and make a name for themselves. And then gullible Christians will buy a million of their books and they'll go on a speaking tour and spew their filth into the body of Christ and bring people into bondage of crazy doctrines. That's why you got to be careful about every wind of doctrine that comes and blows. And there's nothing new under the sun. Every 20, 30 years, the same things will blow through the church just in a different name or different format, but it's the same stuff. There's nothing new under the sun. The devil doesn't really have any new tricks. It's the same tricks all the time. He just paints them differently. He packages them differently, but it's the same lies he's been telling forever. So that's why it's very important that you're grounded in the Word of God. That you're a student of the Word, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Because if you're not, then you'll be, able, you'll be wrongly dividing the Word of truth. And there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And some people will use the sword of the Spirit to cut people. The sword of the Spirit is there to divide the, the soul and the spirit. And then it's, the, it's the, the Word of God, the weapon, the double-edged sword that you use against the enemy. But people will take the Word and they, they cut people. They cut people with it. And many in the body of Christ have been cut by people who've used the Word of God wrongly. And they come here and then we try to get him healed. We pour in the oil and the wine. But sometimes they don't receive the healing. And then they still walk around with the, the bleeding wound. And they bleed all over the place. And bleed on other people. But you need to receive healing. The anointing comes to heal you. So whatever is there, don't let the, let the Lord come and bring complete and total healing in your life. Don't. Try to hide anything that only gives power to the enemy. Don't keep anything in secret or dark because that just, you hear that little, little feedback. Maybe I'm just a little high or something, but high on the Holy Ghost, but there's a little high frequency thing. Hallelujah. So receive the anointing to be healed, to be made whole. Amen. Allow God to do a deep work, not just a little surface work. Allow God to do a deep work. That's why the longer you're under the anointing, the more he can do. I mean, sometimes there's, you know, intense surgery. 
operation that takes three, four hours. You're on the operating table. We call the carpet time, floor time, operating table. This is the operating table of the Lord. So you come and say, operate on me, Lord. Because one of the operations of the Holy Spirit uh, or the anointing as we read is to heal the brokenhearted. So you've got to receive that healing. Emotional healing. And we're living in times where people are so hurt. They've gone through all kinds of abuse. Physical, verbal, sexual, religious abuse. And just a lot of abuse in people. And if you don't get healed and become whole, you won't be able to walk in the plan and purpose of God for your life. And if you're hurting, you'll hurt other people if you don't get healed. So the best thing, and if you get healed, you'll heal other people. So God wants us to be healed so we can also heal. He wants to heal through us. That you're going to be somebody's healing. Because there's an anointing to heal. So first you have to receive it for yourself so you can be totally healed. And then God can use you to heal. That, that, that healing anointing will flow through you to bring healing. Hallelujah. And some of you wonder, why, why did I go through that stuff? Well, God's going to heal you so you can heal other people who've gone through that stuff. And you'll carry that anointing, the, the balm of Gilead. You'll be somebody's healing balm. Why did I go through that mess? So that you can become a message. Why did I go through that test? So you can become a testimony. Hallelujah. Why did that happen? Why did God allow that? Well, maybe it was you. It wasn't God. But guess what? what the, and the enemy came. Well, what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good. But the anointing is the answer. There's nothing wrong with you that the anointing can't fix. There's nothing wrong with you that a little bit more of the power of God and the fire of God can't fix. Hallelujah. But you have to receive it. You have to allow it to come. And you have to allow God to touch you. Get under the anointing. Stay under the anointing. Hallelujah. And God can fix you up. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.